Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. We have with Sports Canada. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. Joining me to take Twitter questions as we do every week until the live call-in show makes its triumphant return is said live call-in show co-host, Joshua Hart. Josh. How are you feeling? Did you watch that game last night? Uh, and, uh, feel feel uh, nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upside stomach, diarrhea, while TJ McConnell <laughs> not, like Steve Nash. Not that last one, but yeah, the Raptors are bad again, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like two weeks of playing really, really hard basketball has its, uh, has its detriments. That was enough. And now this team, no more effort, no more will to win. Guys are breaking down. Kyle already has turf toe or something. Uh, like Pat Mahomes and Pascal Siakam has hurt his groin again. It's it's all coming up. Uh, OG Ananobi maybe almost had a concussion yesterday. It's all uh, coming apart, it seems. Yeah, listen, I, I would love to have one of these call-in shows where the Raptors win right before the call-in show, so we actually have good stuff to talk about. I think we may have gotten that last week, kind of, but um, as always, when, when they lose, you get more feedback, and uh, you guys have kindly sent in 77 questions. Uh, in addition to assorted DMs. So I'm going to try my best to get through uh, my mentions at the moment. But uh, if if we don't get to it, we apologize. We do appreciate all the questions. Uh, let's start with uh, last night's game. So this first one from AA Ron. After last night's game, it nice. seems like the, the players have accepted the season for what it is. Development, their lackadaisical attitude on defense is not something we're used to seeing. What are your thoughts on how to get them back to that gold standard? <laughs> Josh, if you were if you were Nick Nurse, how do you how do you tell these guys to do their jobs? I I I actually think this is a, a decent question, but I think the answer is there isn't one. Like the Raptors played really really hard uh, when they won that West Coast road trip, and they continued to play hard through the Miami games. And I just think they're running out of gas. Like they're not real. Like they didn't solve the fundamental problems of the rotation. They just worked really hard and that's great like it's signature of Raptors basketball especially in the sort of Nick Nurse plus the We the North era but uh eventually your team has to be good without playing extremely hard and that's the problem like it's just no one's really good on this team this year and that's um it's not good You, you sometimes it's nice to have a guy who can carry you to a win score 30 points, mm. 15 rebounds, that kind of performance. And there's nobody on the Raptors that's doing that in terms of, except for OG on uh, Sunday. <laughs> yeah, good for OG, man. Uh, he's he's definitely the most popular Raptor at the moment. And he's got a new commercial, which we will definitely break down. Uh, but yeah, the Raptors right now, defensively, 16th in the NBA at 109.2, tied for the Indiana Pacers, 109.2. There's a lot of teams bunched up between 108. Like um, Cleveland is six at 108.3. 
and the 20th ranked defense is well the 19th ranked defense is Orlando and they're at 110 so everyone is in the middle of the pack the Raptors are squarely middle of the pack only team that is separating themselves defensively at least in a positive way is the Lakers who are like a full two points ahead of everyone else and the Lakers are a different they're better than they were last year yeah of course I mean they've added it's, pieces man. It's, um, but imagine improving like, your team after winning a championship I I, uh, I don't know about that one I know everybody's like talking about the Clippers this week. Mm. Every time I've watched the Lakers, I, I, there's there's like a sequence where it's just uh, it's impossible. They're so good. Yeah, no, they People just like, crush wow. teams. It's unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> everybody they bring in is good, and then they also have Kyle Kuzma, who is like good a third of the time. Um, but yeah, oh, I mean, Kuzma. <laughs> I think honestly, in terms of just effort with the Raptors, like you know, they just. I think one, um, the rotation continues to, to to shuffle a little bit. I think Nick has settled on a top oh. seven ish. Yeah, Baines is kind of creeping back in. Honestly, the other night I was watching, I was like, I wouldn't hate it if Baines came back in to guard a pick and roll because they just kept going at Chris Boucher and they kept scoring. And I was like, this 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 might be why Chris is on the bench. Like, um, the it, it defensively it just wasn't there. But I, I think in terms of effort and things like that, um. It's just – it's kind of tough, man. I, I think last year, obviously, they had two really good centers, especially with Mark and, and also with Serge, who can bring you so much stability around the basket. Raptors still are doing a decent job overall at guarding at the rim, um, the numbers say at least. But it, it just – the eye test looks like they're more porous. Um, you know, I think yesterday the perimeter defense let them down a little bit. There was a lot more uh, dribble penetration from guys like Brogdon, um, guys like TJ McConnell. And, and that hurt. And, of course, there was, like, 45 free throws given up, which, you know, as much as the, the Raptors complain about, they also gave up, like, 50-plus percent shooting from the field, 40-plus from three. Yep. So, effort, you know, it just it wasn't there. And if the, if the Raptors have to be all-out effort every single game to be good. And I don't know if that's sustainable, especially in, in, in like, this current era of basketball where no fans around to sort of, like, you know, uh, pump you up when you are down. And, honestly, like – you know, I think the players know what it is. So I don't know. There feels like, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think maybe it ties back into something bitter, bigger is like the, the two years ago, it was about going for a championship and winning the championship. Last year was about defending the championship. What is this season about? Um, mm. Great question. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's a concern. It's a, it's a bit of a concern. Yeah. I just, I just think of it as like, you know, there are times in your like anyone's work life where you can give you can give a great you can give like an all out two week sprint, and then mm-hmm. if your boss is like we need that effort every day, you're like it's not that's not you know it's not gonna happen. Like I can I'll do my best you know when we need it, but like going all out has its consequences. People eventually grow weary of burning the candle from both ends. Shout out to Dan Reynolds. I don't he doesn't listen to this podcast, but he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> he got a promotion now. All he does is work. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that turns out that's why people get promotions. Um, so in terms of rebounding percentage for the Raptors, I mean, if you want to look at things like that, like, you know, 72% defensive rebound percentage, it's one of the, it's the sixth worth mark in the league. Um, if you look at yes. how many fouls uh, or how, yeah, just how many fouls the Raptors average, um, it's actually Fouls, the Raptors average. Uh, Raptors are third 
worse than the NBA. 22 fouls per game, just only ahead of the Golden State Warriors and the Washington Wizards. Uh, you know, in terms of how many free throw attempts do the Raptors give up, that they're also bottom 10. They were dead last for a while. Now they're they're, they're creeping up to uh, up it's to because Pascal's not been playing. It's because Pascal's no, not been playing. <laughs> but yeah, so it's um, I don't know. They have real worrying markers. They have real boring markers. I don't I don't feel like they're it's, tied in every night. It, yeah, the team's not. It's it's like I I agree that this team's not bad enough to tank, but they're not good enough to look good every night. Like they just sometimes they're, they're kind of average, man. They're 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 pretty average. Yeah. And, and you'll know, like, six minutes into the first quarter, like, wh- whether or not they can compete at the end, that doesn't matter. But you'll know early in a game whether or not they look good. And then mm-hmm. they will either remain okay until the end of the game or they'll have, like, a hot streak at the beginning of the third quarter and maybe it's a race to the finish. And they're still, yesterday night notwithstanding, like, they're pretty decent down the stretch in these games for, I guess, because they have so much experience and Fred's able to lock in on guards down the stretch, but it's not a good team. It's, they're getting pretty bad to watch. Yeah, it's, I'm it's, getting uh, tired of seeing third quarter leads blown. It's just. Yeah. Well, don't worry. Man. <laughs> Yesterday was a fourth quarter lead blown. So you're good. You're all good. Um, it, you know, they change it up. They don't want to make it stale. Uh, next question from Jeff. Also kind of about last night's game. If Messiah receives a phone call about Larry, that's too good to pass up. Does he do it or should he do it with Larry's permission? Um, we've kind of talked about this a few times. Um, you know, other people have also asked questions about Larry, you know, Swamp from Christian, um, love the pod, keep it up. Thank you. Uh, with the potential of losing Larry this summer, should Nick sit him down, talk to him about coming off the bench to preserve him, quote unquote? On the flip side, does he need playing time and should he be benched in games like last night if he's cold? So uh, essentially, people are, you know, I could tell people are a little bit upset with Kyle last night, which honestly, it's fine to be upset with a guy when he plays poorly, but. Um, and also, you know, back from an injury, like it's. Yeah, I was going to say, are we really going to bench Kyle? Like, that's not happening. He's clearly one of the Raptors' Imagine? best players, if not their best player. What did this guy look like? Did he look like DeMar DeRozan to you? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, Kyle Lowry on the court, the Raptors have been. Okay. not You know, honestly, it's, it's not as prominent, his plus minus. Um, his on-off numbers. When, when the Raptors, when Kyle's on the court, the Raptors have an offensive rating of one hundred and ten point six. When he's off, it's one eleven point nine. So marginal. And when the Raptors, when Kyle's on the court, he, there is a one hundred and nine offensive rating for the Raptors as compared to one twelve when he's off the court. So the defense suffers more. Ironically, um, usually in previous years, the 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 difference has been very dramatic. At the moment, it's kind of even. You know, the Raptors are slightly better with Kyle on the floor, but. It's yeah, clear okay, that but it's, give me give me the Raptors like issue, record man. over the last. What's the record of the Raptors over the last nearly a decade with Kyle Lowry on the court? Like yeah. enough of this, we got we should trade Kyle. If Kyle's ready to leave, and there are lots of reasons and indications that he might be. That's one thing, but to say that this guy needs to get packaged arbitrarily is ridiculous. Of course, yeah, there are some deals out there maybe that would be compelling, like learning that a guy like Lonzo Ball is is being dangled. I don't really think it makes sense to trade Kyle to, uh, I don't know. Kyle to New Orleans makes some sense. They need someone who can set up Ingram and Zion. Um, I think that Kyle and Stan would either get along very well or butt heads immediately. But all this has to, all this to say the it's a Kyle Larry's decision. It has to be. 
the organization can't take the hit of uh, looking like they're dumping another franchise star, um, especially when they have that uh, max cap space in the offseason to do something with. Yeah. I mean, look, the trading Kyle is a different conversation. If you, if you know, you're looking prudently at the future and you talk to him and stuff like that, then yes, you know, we can have that conversation. I think that's worthy. I think in terms of just criticizing his play yesterday, obviously was not good enough and he got himself ejected, you know, didn't like the whole look of the whole game from him period. Um, But on the whole, Kyle has not hurt the Raptors this season. (laughs) He's been one of the Raptors best three players at, at minimum. And he should start period. I, I mean, I obviously, yes, Norm has been good as a starter. And uh, basically, last year's Norm has returned this year. So congratulations to yeah. um, Josh. I'm personally happy for you every time he dunks the ball. And we'll talk about Norm next. But, you know, like, you, you got to find a way to get Norm in the starting five. Okay, I could see that. It's hard to move anyone else. You know, people are always skeptical of the two-point guard lineup. I, again, the stats show that that lineup has been quite good this year. But, okay, people just fundamentally don't like having two small guys, whatever. Um, but I think if, if we're just strictly talking about performance, Kyle obviously is in the starting five. And I, and I really don't know um, why that is even a conversation a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, he sucked last night, of course. But, you know, that's clearly the, the rarity. Um, next question from Raptors Brazil. Should Norm be a starter? If so, would Lowry come off the bench? Uh, okay, yeah, so Lowry's not coming off the bench. Uh, we know that, but... Um, I mean, Josh, what have you seen from Norm as, as a starter in the last few games? He's clearly been quite good. He's definitely really de- decisive when he's with better playmakers and is able to finish plays and not be expected to make a good pass because it's not, it's not happening for hey, man. Norm. Back-to-back games <laughs> with six assists for Norm I mean, That's Powell. true. That is yeah. true. They're they're um, all. But, by the way, I watched the video of them. They're all like a uh, guy kick, drives the paint, kicks it to the corner. Norm's in the corner. Norm swings the ball to the wing. Yeah, and it's just him. Ha- yeah, yeah, it's just him passing it out of the short corner to the guy in the elbow. It's fine. It's good. <laughs> no, it's good it's basketball. Good, but it's it, not. Yeah, it's good basketball. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's been exciting to see him be more decisive when he's out there with the starters. I think that like, I hope that the confidence boost he's got and Nick Nurse finalizing that it's going to be um, Norm Utah Stanley. Um, uh, kind of out there together at, for, for stretches, and that's been the case over the last few days. I hope that those guys are able to build some chemistry. So it's, I mean, there's not going to be another bench mob sort of esque run, but a group of guys who know what they're doing, what they're out there to do, and can play together and build some chemistry. If Utah is able to finally, like he has a really beautiful stroke, but can't seem to hit anything, then maybe we can get somewhere. Um, but like, you know. Yeah, Norm Norm has done Norm stuff, and uh, I'm happy for him. Like, I'm I'm glad that the talk that he's completely washed is over. I still I wouldn't say that he's um, every bit the player that he looked like in uh, the last season because he was able to do it coming off the bench, and he was very very reliable. And I thought some of the like you know Shaq in a fool esque moments were minimized. He seemed to be have that stuff under control a bit more last season, but it's, I'm happy for him. It's been a good week. He's not been the problem in the Raptors rotation in the last two weeks. So that's, it's a welcome change. It is absolutely welcome change. Uh, Norm as a starter this year, 19.2 points, 3.3 rebounds, 2.2 assists, six, uh, 61% true shooting. Uh, Raptors have an offensive rating on 116. 
which is quite good when Norm starts. Yeah. I when Norm is on the bench, comes off the bench, his average 10.5 points per game, his rebounds go down, his assists go down, his field goal percentage drops from 49% to 35%. Three percentage is the same, so it's really just he's not getting to the basket as much, and his true shooting drops yep. to 51%. Um, it's pretty much the same as what happened for him last season. Um, Norm off, last season was still like efficient off the bench. His, his true shooting was 59% off the bench. But when Norm started last year, 19 points, four rebounds, two assists, uh, 65 true shooting percentage. Raptors had an offense rating of 121. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, that's, just, that's just Norm. I think, honestly, the more better defenders he plays against, um, I think, sorry, the better defenders he's surrounded by, the better um, chances he can get in transition. Like, I, I mean, the, mm. the best two plays for Norm I've seen in the last few games was he's had possessions where there's been like two – guys uh, who are on offense and Norm chases down the loose ball and goes in and finishes uh, despite two guys pressing him and um, that's been very impressive but I don't know man I mean who would you really take out of the starting five to start Norm that's I think that's really the issue yeah there's I look at we we talked about it a little bit of moving Pascal down but that probably can't happen that, that's not with happening. the injury he's nursing but that's the only way you could make it happen none of the other guys Norm shouldn't be starting over any of those other guys. Unless maybe get, if Kyle was going to be nursing this for a little while, maybe. But even he's then, clearly like, not, man. Not too thin. He's, he's clearly yeah. not. Yeah. But it, that was it. That's only it. Like if maybe you, if Kyle's like, actually, I'm not going to play on this foot for um, a week or two. Go, mm. go nuts. Norm play eight games in two weeks. This schedule, it's, it's insane. It's brutal. The Raptors no, have played they, 17 games already. Yeah, I know. They play four games every week. It's actually unbelievable. I'm, uh... The season started on Christmas. Like, it's it's a – and then, like, you know, knock on wood, the Raptors don't have, like, a health protocol scare. Mm. But, like, the, there are going to be teams playing, like, uh, like back-to-backs every week after March. It's going to be, like, nuts. What are we doing? Why are we playing basketball? Anywho. Yeah, well, listen, man. The players wanted to play, and the owners wanted to play. Yeah. So this is what they this is what they have. Yeah, I mean, I, I think starting Norm is just very. It's difficult, I think, in terms of where you want to take out. If you want to take out Baines, and you want to start Norm that way, um, and just be small all the time, you know, that might be the most realistic path. But it seems like Baines is coming on a little bit. Um, I think as of, as as of right now, Norm as a six man who can fill in as a starter and be so productive is a good thing. Um, but it's also kind of concerning to me that um, he can't do this off the bench. I, I just whatever he needs to ha- he need, needs to happen for him to do this off the bench. I think, um, you know, the Raptors should try it because when Norm plays like this, he's absolutely a benefit to the team. And again, it's way better than when he was during the start of the season. So I'm just personally happy for Norm. Next question: Out of the doghouse, definitely out of the doghouse. I mean, honestly, playing like 40 minutes and, and, and doing a good job of it. Um, Jason yeah. asks, uh, why do you think Bembry doesn't get playing time? In the preseason, it seemed like Nurse was really high on him. Is it an issue of him not being a four slash five? Um, Probably. I think Nick really wants size. And he, Stanley has stepped up in his role. Utah stepped up in his role. And so those are his go-to defenders off the bench. Um, and then in terms of guards... 
I mean, Nick's He's not, not really giving that many opportunities. I mean, he gave TD some chances, and then he would have like five fouls or five turnovers or just like bad, both bad plays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> both at the same time, and um, then he went to Bembry. So I don't know. I, I well, are you seeing anything from Bembry's game that you kind of like, where you're like, you know, not really. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are you uh, like? The only guy, like, we're not that we're past Stanley's comeback season. We'll no, talk no, about that. No, listen, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta feast on that for a week, man. <laughs> but like Stanley Johnson, yes, that's good. I think maybe you can see Utah coming on quite strong. Um, I would probably still put the likelihood that Paul Watson can be a regular contributor ahead of Bamber being a regular contributor. Wow, uh, just because. That like, and I don't even really believe in the Paul Watson stuff just yet. I think it's he. I can see why people are excited about him. He looks like about an NBA player uh, more often than not. I just don't know how Bembry, um, leap was an necessary guy to see real minutes for this team. Yeah, which is too bad. But I don't know. It's it's kind of like he's kind of in the role that uh, Stanley was in last year, where he lo- loses to a guy. And you are stuck behind him all season. Who knows what you have to offer? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of just that's just it's it's like it sucks, but it's you know yeah. Ronda Hell is dressed and beat Stanley Johnson for the um, big off the bench role, and he didn't give it up. And that's you have to you have to credit Ronde for that. And I don't know who exactly Nick Nurse would have to leapfrog Bembry over to give him real playing time besides Stanley Johnson. Mm-hmm. Then, the, then the Matt Thomas uh, propaganda machine has really got to take a long, hard look. But he was out there yesterday for he was there doing nothing. He looked he looked so distraught on defense. I couldn't believe it, and he was so jittery. Like he's he needs some milk. Like what is going on with Matt Thomas? He looks. Uh... He looks like utterly sh- like shook on defense. What well, I mean, listen, when when, when <laughs> Nick's about to pull you for anything, <laughs> I can see him being nervous. But uh, yeah, I, I don't Is know. It, he he but... does seem a little bit uh, nervous, <laughs> jumpy to me, I guess. But I mean, he did yeah, that so four point play, man, which was like already like the leading score off the bench <laughs> last night was nine, which was Wat- Utah Watanabe. Which like <laughs> I love Utah. You guys, obviously, everyone knows he's, you know. One of my favorite guys on the team at the moment, but I mean, come on, he should not be your leading scorer off the bench. If if he is, you're you're probably losing. Yeah. You know? So that's tough. Um, but like, uh, what Bembry's going to give you? What six he, off the bench? He basically does what Stanley does, except <laughs> Stanley has proven to be, be better on defense because he can guard more positions. Yeah. And yes. also, honestly, a decent playmaker. So I don't know what else he's going to give you that, or Bember's going to give you that Stanley's not giving you. So I think it's just an overlapping skill set there. Um, and I if you want to play with shooting guard, post game fits. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know to be honest. I'm, I'm I can't really see what these guys are wearing these days. Uh, That's next, true. Yeah. Next question from Adam. Um, Utah should have been playing over Bembry in the last six minute stretch of the fourth quarter last night. Why was Bembry in the game? You know, I thought this as well because I'm like, yeah, of course, Utah should be in. So Utah checked into the third quarter at the four minute thirty mark, and he checked out of the game at the uh, seven minute mark of the fourth quarter, which means he played a stretch oh, wow. of uh, yeah ten straight minutes. 
Um, yeah, ten. No, almost ten minutes. Like nine straight minutes. So that's that's yeah. why he wasn't uh, in. That's that's the only reason I think. Um, he he needs to get some rest. <laughs> but um, but I, I mean, I don't think Bembry was the reason the Raptors lost. I think the Raptors main guys didn't play well enough last night. Yeah. Yeah, come on. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I mean, I okay. guess. I yeah, that, that's why. That's that's why he didn't play. That's, that's all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next question from Dex. Uh, Thus far this season, Boucher's numbers have improved a lot. Not just playing more minutes, he's more efficient. What do you think is the biggest difference? Is it different schemes, better decision making? Felt like the game was too fast for him a lot in the last couple of years. Um, what do you see that's tangibly different with with Chris? Um, like so much space to shoot and confidence. I think it's, I think like he showed flashes of this, even in the bubble, like he just has improved pretty consistently. I think uh, I would worry that things are starting to turn for him. Mm. Um, those 20 point games, we haven't seen them in like two weeks. Um, but I, I, to me, like I don't really see anything that he was unable to do. The three is not falling the way that it was previously, but he's still getting to the boards. Um, no, I, I don't know. I'm happy with Chris, even though he's not been on the same hot streak that he was really early in like the first three weeks of the season. But he still looks every bit the player who should be starting for this team. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, starting for this team, yeah, I think so. But um, I think starting for a team that has real playoff ambitions, I don't. He's not at that level no. yet. No, no, no. Um, Chris for the season is averaging fourteen, which um, I think honestly, the bump in minutes, it, it's his per minute production is actually quite similar, which I think says to me the same as what I'm seeing in the game, which is that he's kind of serving the same role. Um, he's doing a lot of stuff that's kind of similar, um, you know, contesting our offensive rebounds, um, you know, blocking threes, um, you know, picking and popping, rolling hard to the basket, drawing contact that way. Like, this is a lot of the stuff that he was doing. I think, A, he's getting better setups now because he's playing much more minutes with Fred and Kyle. Um, you know, it felt like last year, I think some of his minutes are also diluted because you also come in the third string minutes. So, like, let's say you're blowing up the Pacers by 40 points whole fourth quarter it's just like extended G League run so Matt Thomas can have 17 points yeah. and Boucher will be there randomly jacking up shots that's going to hurt your percentage when obviously when he's not set up um but I think he's also playing with more confidence I think him knowing every single game that he's going to get into the game has really helped yeah he's done well in that bench role guys look for him and yeah I think really the issue now is it's not even so much the scoring which I, I obviously I enjoy the scoring it was great when he was scoring 20 a game for like two weeks um, and it has felt different when he's had eight, five, 12, and nine points in the last four. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is I just want to see more growth on the defensive end too, because, you know, when the Raptors close games, part of the reason why I feel like they can't get it done sometimes is because they can't mm. get it done defensively. And guys are just going after Chris all the time in the pick and roll. I thought in the Portland game, they went after him a ton. I thought last night they definitely went after him, man. I mean, Whatever they were calling everything, you know, if you touched Miles Turner, it was a foul, but um, they definitely struggled with that matchup. And yeah, I mean, if if Chris can improve defensively, which is just comes down to positioning, 
which comes down to, um, you know, I mean, everything else he does decently well. He has great athleticism. He, he does rotate. He's willing. Um, you know, it, sometimes he gets up drives on the perimeter, but, you know, which, which center doesn't. Um, but, yeah, if he could just be more solid defensively, I think that that's more of a – more what the Raptors need from him than the offense because, honestly, the offense, you know, he's going to take 12 shots, as Nick there says. Well, the, the, the Raptors need the offense, but – But, I mean, I think they might good. need the defense more, honestly. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna play him a lot of minutes, and even if he does score for you, if he if he's giving a lot of that back because he's not as solid defensively, then you're not really going anywhere. Whereas I think other players can step up and fill that scoring void at least a little bit. Whereas that defensive void, you kind of just need you need your center to be solid defensively. And Chris has been good at times, but also bad at times. So, but I mean, if it's a development season, then absolutely see what you can see what he can do. With consistent minutes every night, and he's getting consistent minutes every night. Uh, next question from Raptors Toronto Raptors of Brazil. Apparently, there's a lot of Raptor fans of Brazil. I feel like I'm, I'm always seeing Brazilian fans on the timeline. Half a okay, maybe, maybe, honestly, maybe you know, how many Brazilian players have the Raptors had? I mean, it's Hafa, it's uh, Bruno, 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 bike, Bebe. when Bruno resigning, uh, Bebe. And Leandro Barbosa, yeah, that's that's not bad. We we just got to sign Anderson Berjan, and we might have like and Marcelo Huertas, and we might have the the whole of uh, South America. Um, anyway, uh, Toronto Raptors Brazil asks. Um, right now, our best run was three wins in a row. How long do you think our best run can get to this season, Josh? Last year, the Raptors had a 15 game win streak that uh, matched a Canadian professional sporting record. Um. What do you think their longest game win streak will be this year? <laughs> I like the Snapple fact that it was a Canadian. Did that include like tennis matches and I don't know? I, I think they had the like, CFL and like the the Stampeders or something was in there. I don't know, man. Oh yeah. What about like perfect games at a Bolarama in Regina? That seems oh, like. Oh well, I mean, they got to include counting... like, curling. Oh yeah, some kind curling of curling record. This... Yeah. Scotties. So what was it? What's the longest this team could win? How many games they can win in a row? Yeah. What do you think our longest win streak is this season? I don't know. Do we ever have a really soft, like, I don't like, what's the longest schedule, uh, longest streak this season for any team? Uh, That's a good question. And uh, maybe I'll do some research. This schedule, the schedule sucks. The schedule makes it very hard. The longest active win streak of the NBA is eight games for the Utah Jazz. Clippers have won seven in a row. Um, Memphis has won five in a row, although they had some games off and stuff like that. Uh, In the Mm -hmm. Eastern Conference, the longest win streak is two games. Two games is the longest. I don't know. The active win streak at the moment is two win, two wins. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like the longest, I would say like un, like five and under. That's the be the range. I think it's gonna be really five hard to. Damn. Do you think they're gonna play like six bad teams in a row? Like I don't think they could beat the Sixers twice in, like twice in any five game streak. Like yeah, that the back to backs make it tough. The fact that there are a few really good teams in the East. And then even the like teams that aren't so good are very much like the Raptors. There's not like a gap. Like there's not mm-hmm. like the Raptors are five speed and then the like seven through 10 are all crappy. The Raptors are kind of a, uh, like rank and file Easter and conference team this year. 
Yeah. Um, I'd have to look at the schedule, but probably five would be the number. Do you ha- have a more generous prediction? Um, I mean, it's hard to know without seeing what the second half schedule looks like. So, you know, that, that does factor in. Having said that, though, when I'm looking at the remainder of this month's or this first half of the schedule, the Raptors have already played half of it. Um, don't really see a stretch where the Raptors win five straight, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, there's one here. So the magic, magic. Oh no, okay, Kings. Uh, okay, okay actually, Kings? it can happen next week. Okay. So yeah, King, Kings are food. Uh, magic, magic, back to back. Oh no, what? Uh, three days off. Yeah, but no, two days off. But they still they play them twice. Yep. They play them twice. Then they play the Nets. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I would wonder what the Nets schedule is like before that. I mean, because listen. they're trying to. We, also, we, Pascal Siakam is going to get his season high against the Nets. That sure, is... but that's fine. But I mean, you know, come on, we're losing that game against the Nets. <laughs> so is so is so is James Harden. Um. Uh. Okay. So then they play the Hawks, Grizzlies, Wizards, Celtics are going to beat us. Uh. Then they play the Bucks twice in a week. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. Like the schedule's tough. Like I it, predicting uh, five in a row will be tough if they beat the Nets. They could probably rattle off Kings Magic twice. Although Magic, by the way, have a better record than yeah. the Raptors. Um, then beating Orlando, uh, you know, Atlanta, maybe Memphis. You know, Memphis is one of the best defensive teams in the NBA at the moment, which uh, did not see coming. What's the longest losing streak you see the Raptors putting up this season? I, again, it's the same thing. I don't really see them putting up a huge losing streak. I think it's just hard to be. It's lost. hard to lose to a team twice. Yeah, yeah the Raptors have lost three it, games in a row this season twice already. And I mean, I think, yeah, I mean that's that's probably oh. about it to be honest. Three or four. <laughs> Like, yeah, they're kind of an average team. An average team doesn't really go on long losing streaks or long winning streaks. Yeah. That's why they're average. So, I'll, I'll say five just with you. I think they can be the, – the Timberwolves are, like oh, – the, the Wolves are Tim- trash. The, I don't get so it. Like, bad. I, I don't know. What is, like – Why did they cut Rondé? That was, like, the one guy on that team who was going to play defense. Doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. How could you treat Rondé like that? Like – and like not to be disrespectful, but Ryan Saunders' job security, I think, is a detriment to him. Like I don't really see him getting fired, mm. but he's not doing a good job. No. And like eventually, like you have a pretty good core. Like you guys should go, you know, be be a real NBA team. It's kind of an embarrassment. But shout out uh what um who's there? Josh Akogi, Akoji. I like him. Really right, yeah. bouncy. Sure. Um, who else is on that team? Is Malik? No, wait. Yeah, Malik Beasley. Mm-hmm. Is he still with the team? Like he's still with the team. He, he, I'm pretty sure he resigned. So he's averaging 20 this game this season. Yikes! Well, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, Carl Towns is doing okay. Yeah. Tom Thibodeau's uh, redeemed in New York City. No longer the. Uh, Turns out it was Minnesota's fault. Jimmy Butler was right. Tom Thibodeau was right. All the other guys are right. It was Minnesota's fault. Uh, Next one from Saurus, T. Saurus. What is the team missing in terms of role players? Do we need another big to cement the roster spot now that they've waived Alex Len? Uh, Yes, I would very much like to see the Raptors get another center, Uh, preferably someone better than Alex Len. If you need to do it by trade, do it by whatever, then that's fine. But um, I don't know who they can pick off the scrap heap at the moment that is going to step in and play and contribute. I doubt that, but 
Um, if the Raptors, I mean, look, I just like to see them upgrade the roster um, because I was looking at it the other day. And <laughs> if actually, if you look at the Raptors team page, it's very strange. So you have Fred leading the team at scoring 19, then Kyle 18, then Pascal 18, OG uh, 15, Norm 14, Boucher 14. The next highest score on the team is Terrence Davis at 7.3, but I'm, you know. I, yeah, that's five turnovers. Yeah. Six Terrence, personal oh, fouls. Way, Terrence Davis per 36 at the moment. You ready for this? Four turnovers and five fouls per 36 minutes. Is 7.6. Uh, yeah, it, it's. Get this guy off my screen. I, you know, and he leads the team in bad vibes. Like, what is, what are we doing here? I don't yeah, get it. It's, uh, it's real tough. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, Stanley. Three points. This is the this is even with the, the breakout season. He's at three points. Utah, who I who I uh, have grown to like dearly, two point four points per game. Alex Len was at two. Malachi is at two. Matt Thomas is at four. Doesn't play. DeAndre Bembry's at one. Paul Watson's at two. Jalen Harris hasn't had a single NBA basket at the moment. Hasn't taken a shot yet either. Uh, Baines is at five. Four point seven. So. It's it's a weird team. They pretty much only have six guys who are contributing, and then the rest of them are just like defend and hope. So, um, but yeah, m- m- I think the weakest position is center. If they can upgrade the center position, that'd be greatly appreciated. You want any well, of these Cleveland know, centers? North. I want I want Javale. I was saying the other day, Javale. See, uh, he'd I'm be telling you, he's already going to the Nets, man. Yeah, it's probably true. Um, you, you no, want Drummond? To... Andre Drummond? No. Kevin Love? No. None of these guys? What about Kelly Oubre? He's available. Can you, imagine center, paying, but... could you imagine paying Kevin Love in the year 2022? You, you know. Um, you, know I, what, you know what? I you like know, Kevin Tro- Love as a player. Troy Tula- do you remember Troy Tulowitzki? I do remember Troy Tulowitzki. Oh, come on. I'm a diehard Jays fan. How would I not remember <laughs> Tulo? I remember, I remember one time my like my my dad called me. Shout out mm. Clifton from Etobicoke. Shout out. And said the the Blue Jays will be lucky to pay a million dollars per appearance that Troy Tulowitzki has for this team down the stretch. And even like Kevin Love just seems <laughs> like it's just it's so much money and so little output. Any. Shout out to Kevin. You're a champion. You can't, no one can take it away. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a beautiful apartment that I saw on Architectural Digest. Shout out to you, but um, I don't really want you on my team. Two years ago, Kevin Love shot yeah, two 30, years ago. 38% from the field for a whole season. I mean, he only played 22 games, <laughs> but he shot 38% from the field. Last year, 56 games, you know, 17 points. 10 rebounds, you know, three assists, you know, whatever. And this year he's only played two games. So uh, that's tough. He is owed how much money? 31 this year, 31 million, 31 million the next year, and 29 million fully guaranteed in 2022, 2023. So good for Kevin. He's going to be enjoying Cleveland um, for a long time. He's a, he has front row seat to watch Sex Land. It's Kind of. That's all yeah. that's really happening right now. I mean, listen, that's that's not terrible. You know, would you would you watch Cavs games full time if you got paid thirty one million? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. They're actually pretty like. Yeah, they're, yo, listen, they're better than the Raptors so far. <laughs> I hate and, this season, and like, man. You know. <laughs> I hate this year. All right, yeah. what about what about these other trade targets? Okay, um, Shams, 
reports today, some interest, interesting names that are reportedly available. Um, Lonzo Ball, JJ Reddick, uh, Kelly Oubre. Any of these three interest you? I mean, we already kind of talked about Lonzo earlier, but I'm, I'm asking like Lonzo. More I, I, I think like um, Lonzo, if you you get his rights, you sign him for under $17 million a year, you can bring in another like complimentary big. And that could be the core, like Lonzo, Fred, Pascal OG, and center X and Chris Boucher off the bench. Norm Powell ops back in. I don't know. That's like a pretty good team. Look, that's, that's a competent seven, I guess. If mm-hmm. So and assuming that Lonzo Ball's three-point shot is salvageable to the point of being not like like heartbreakingly streaky that's my opinion with Lonzo that it's just it's not it's not good enough yet Lonzo so last year he made real progress uh he shot 37 percent. so he shot 30 percent as a rookie 33 then 37 and it was like okay so he's clearly steadily improving his shot and of course against the Raptors against the Raptors Lonzo against the Raptors yeah him and it's what was it? Him and uh, Eric Bledsoe look like um, Giroux and uh, what's the other guy? They Justin lit up the uh, no. Um, there's another Pelicans player. They lit up the Raptors in like November of 2018. Oh, Etwan Moore. That game pissed me off. I know, I know, it's horrible. <laughs> if we could acquire Etwan Moore just to wave him from the NBA, we, we should oh do my it. <laughs> we should do it with Jeremy Lamb too. Actually, just trade for Jeremy and just cut his contract. Do you ever um, think that uh, you think Jeremy Lamb looks like uh, Danny Brown? You know when da- you know how Danny Brown cut his hair. I'm gonna look it up. I caught an angle of Jeremy. Like whoa, oh that's a lot. Um, or Jeremy Lamb on a uh, Sunday. Anywho, um. Lonzo Ball in Toronto would be cool because he has a lot of star power. He, I like his game, even though like I do like his him, game too. Yeah. Him regressing to a thirty percent three point shooter is kind of backbreaking, and it's it's broken the back of the Pelicans evidently. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, like if he was a thirty seven percent three point shooter, I think that team's fixed, which is just kind yeah. of tragic. I don't know. I, okay, look, uh, yeah, he's. Okay, so he's had three games this season where he has shot better than 37% from three, okay? Just in a game, all right? All the other performances he's had is 33% or lower, okay? Of those two of those three games, (laughs) his best performance was against the Raptors, four for eight on on the season opener, and then three for eight in second game, the Raptors lost to the Pelicans. He's only had three games this year where he's been in 37% from the, from the three. And he has not played well. I don't think he necessarily fits that team. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of Lonzo as a player. I mean, he's still super young, 23 years old. Um, and I, I do believe in the talent. I see he's a good defender. He's a quick passer, quick decision maker, things like that. I think the Raptors could use him. Absolutely. He's talented. Um, but I don't know. What are you giving up to get him? You know, JJ Redick. I mean, listen, they aren't. No, I mean, I would, he would, would help have... the team because he's better than yeah. most of the Raptors bench players. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily fixes too much, uh, but he would help the team. But well, I, I probably not. I'm probably not going to give up assets. And then Kelly Oubre has just been. I mean, if you thought Lonzo was shooting poorly, uh, let me just give you Kelly Oubre's shooting percentages. Uh, Twenty-one. Oh, can you imagine? 
21. From, wait, from, from the three. field? Okay. From three, use, using his hands, uh, using his hands to guide the basketball from a <laughs> fixed distance of 20 feet or more, he's at 21%. And um, his overall effective field goal percentage is 40% because he's also not making twos either. What happened? He's not that good. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I thought, honestly, Phoenix last year, like, Phoenix was a very strange team. I felt like uh, Ricky Rubio lifted a lot of players' shooting percentages uh, by playing in, their, in, a, in a system that really worked. And guys who have been pulled out of that system have not really done well. So, Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, no to the available players is what you're saying. No, I don't keep really. Wait, keep waiting. If you, like... What would the Raptors have to send to get Lonzo from there? It'd be like somebody good. Yeah, like you probably couldn't get it done for like Norm. It's not like you're gonna be like, yo, you take Norm, we'll take Lonzo. I mean, look, I think the Pelicans are probably not interested in re-signing him. And so they're probably gonna try to get rid of him this year if he well, they still can. But I think teams are probably gonna look at it like if you're not gonna re-sign him, then we're not really gonna view him like a restricted free agent. We're gonna view him more unrestricted. Yeah, which is the reason why sign up, period. Yeah. Which is why Norm's only destination is Denver. I mean, you know, Norm could help Denver, but honestly, Raptors kind of need Norm at the moment. <laughs> yeah, but that's the only team that I think really would be made willing to give up the goods. And I don't know I'm I've, Denver sounds like a team that has their picks. Yeah. But if I mean Denver sent a prospect and a first rounder back, yeah, I mean I mean, if they did that, yes, absolutely. But I, yeah. I don't know if they will. Maybe they don't like Masai. They'd be like, "What do we? How can we trade with you?" Yeah, well, I know GM should really like Masai, man. It's a, uh, it's real tough. So okay, it's a losing strategy. Yeah, it's it is. Uh, nihilism and coffee. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Paul Watson. He's a promising player that's getting lost on that bench. Whenever I see him on the court, he's made a small mark in those limited moments. Um. We haven't seen enough of Paul Watson to get an assessment yeah. of what he is at the moment. He's kind of in that um, Malcolm Miller role of like deep bench guy. He's had some nice moments in those uh, third string minutes, but I really have no idea how to extrapolate that over into a regular role. Um, he had a decent showing in the bubble. I think the team liked him then. Um, but I think at the moment, what Nick really wants is defense yeah. from his bench. Just play defense. Uh, he doesn't even care if they score. Just play some defense, run, you know, get, get some baskets that way. Um, and I think defensively, Utah's better than him. I think Stanley's better than him. And so those guys are head up in the rotation. I think that's the long and the short of it. Shout out Stanley. Suggestion Shout out Stanley, it. man. Listen, you know, maybe we should have like Paul's, you know. Watson's watch list. Come on. Yeah. I mean, we could, honestly. We just have to invest in a player. So far, we're trying to nurture Malachi. So. Watson Jr.'s watch this sooner. <laughs> That's terrible, man. That's terrible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, do you? Uh, what do you? What do you? What are you seeing from Paul Watson? And by the way, the total minutes that Paul Watson has played in the NBA is one hundred and four, like eight, which is probably the number of minutes this podcast is going to run. So, facts. Yeah. Um, the what do I think? I don't know. He's not looked great. Like he's looked okay. Like you, I think that I have Stanley. Like, what do you like? How much do you want from your fourth? Like, he's can't. He's not going to guard centers. He's not going to be able to like finish inside the way that like he's like a a three and D wing. Like, it's he's just we don't Raptors don't need 
a guy in that role to step up for this team. If he could be, you know, four inches taller, maybe we could talk, but it's not. Well, I think if, <laughs> if defense is not the way he cracks the rotation, then maybe he just needs to get to a point where he's super elite offensively especially yeah. with the shooting, maybe like be a six, six shooting guard. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, he has worked hard and um, there's good reports about him and stuff like that. But I think at the moment, uh, the only good things that have happened with the Raptors bench this year have been on that wing spot and with the backup center, obviously with Chris. And so Paul's limited in terms of, you know, spots. I'm not giving up on him or anything like that. I, I still believe in his talent and ability and things like that. And people who have watched the 905, like, you know, Blake, Kelsey, people like that, like, they'll have a better idea, absolutely. But, you know, um, for now, it's hard to tell based on the very few minutes of NBA basketball he's played. Um, from the DMs, mailbag question. This might be minor, but it drives me crazy sometimes. The Raptors' half-court offense can be stagnant at the best of times. So why does Fred insist on using the entire eight seconds to walk the ball up over the half-court line? So often it seems like they're not on the fast break. They don't start their offense until 15 or 16 seconds are left on the clock. I have to say, in Fred's defense, Kyle does this quite a bit too. It makes me nervous at least three, four times a game where Kyle was just like slowly inching up and almost like violating the eight-second backcourt uh, violation. Yeah. Um, it's I don't a bad it's, habit. It's, it is a bad habit. I think teams like to slow down the pace of a game sometimes and try to run a set. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't, I don't particularly like the strategy. I'm against it, just philosophically, I think. It's just, what's the point? You have 24 seconds but, in, in basketball, but like it's precious. Like, don't waste eight seconds just to slow the game down. You could just, even if you want to waste eight seconds, just wait, waste eight seconds in the, in the front court, please. Yeah, but not, not everyone is like, you know, 2015 John Wall just in the. Okay, fine. Just, what, the, there's no reason <laughs> it should take four seconds to bring the ball up unless you're getting heavily pressured. Yeah. No, I get it. I it, I do. I have noticed it before, but I, I don't, it doesn't really grind my gears away. It sounds like it grinds your gears. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I mean, I think it's mostly just intentionally to try to slow the game down. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is kind of annoying to me too. And then another DM question, what prevented Nick Nurse from continuing Matt's play after he had the four point play um, in the Pacers game? It's it's been very difficult for me to understand this Matt Thomas thing. Not because he, I think he's going to like fundamentally change the game or anything like that. I you know I mean all propaganda aside, Matt Thomas is what he is at the moment, um, and I understand the defensive concerns and things like that. But I think other guys that are have that have gotten minutes have um, made errors too. I think you know for example a guy who would be directly in contention because they play the same role is Terrence Davis and Matt for all that he does and all that he doesn't does a lot less in terms of making mistakes than Terrence and uh, does more in terms of actually guarding. So I don't know. Can we, can we swap those two in the rotation for a second? I don't know. He's played a grand total of 10 minutes since uh, the third game of the season. Really? Yes. I guess the Raptors don't win games. The Raptors don't. Yeah, the Raptors don't win games. Like they don't even get, you know, the three minutes at the end of the fourth quarter to run. <laughs> no, have the guys out there anymore. Yeah. Yikes! It's it's bad. I mean, look, I understand. Everyone has to defend. I get it, man. But uh, 
the nice. other, when the other guy's giving up five fouls per 36, what's the point? Yeah. I mean, that's bad defense right there. I mean, maybe they're trying to like showcase like a trade or something like that. I don't really know. But yeah. Yeah, maybe this is all the evidence that uh, Matt Thomas is untouchable. Hey, listen, Matt Thomas per 36 minutes averaging 1.2 personal fouls. So that alone makes me feel more confident in playing him. At least if he if he does give up a guy, he's not fouling the guy, which the bar is on the floor at the for this whole season. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know why why Nick didn't try to play Matt more often. I think he's giving he's given Terrence this opportunity in the last like four, week or so to play, and um, I yeah, I mean, if Nick is going to be as strict about his what he needs from everybody. Uh, as he is with everyone else, then yeah, I think that opportunity was not taken. You know, so. Yep. Uh, I mean, yeah. Give 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 Matt a shot. If he if he give Matt three games, if, if, if like ten minutes a game for three games. If he can't do anything in those ten minutes, then fine. You know, put him back on the bench. But at the moment, um, dog, he looks so rattles when he's out there on defense bro my favorite thing is if, uh, if, dur- <laughs> during the game during intermissions and some of that guys are going to huddle in the timeout and matt thomas just goes and grabs the ball while wearing a mask and just like feels the basketball as if it's a foreign object he's like oh what's this you know dribbling it a little bit it's tough man it's exactly it's just like clay thompson like clay thompson's foot's in a boot oh yeah, yeah. and he's he's a uh, like dribbling, but it's clear that, you know, he's not going to be in the game. So mm-hmm. this is his opportunity. This is the only time Matt Thomas touches the basketball is when uh, nobody else's poor yeah. guy. Tough, tough situation. All right. Next one for Ronald, Ronald Lowe, um, the umbrella man was not my father again. Uh, a bit more fun question this time. If the Raptors had to send a representative for the dunk contest this year, who would it be? He says he thinks it will be OG because he would just throw down the most basic ass dunk and be like, "What? That was a dunk." Um, who do you think is the best dunker in the Raptors? Um, no, uh, Norman at their age, probably. Norman had some good dunks in the last week. Yeah, Norman has had some good dunks. Um, I don't know. It might no, be OGs. I, it's still, yeah, OGs. OGs looks. I, it's in, amazing to me that for a guy who came into the league with the expectation that he'd like lost a step athletically, but still was elite. It's feel like he's improved in the last two years. Like it's, he looks, you know, incredible at times. Uh, obviously he doesn't really do anything flashy the way normal sometimes punctuate like an eight, two run. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, it's normal OG. Yeah, um, I, I think the Raptors have had this gift as a franchise to had like lots of great dunkers over the years. Maybe sometimes by design because the team hasn't been good, so they're just like, "Yo, here, here's Jamario Moon. Once in a while, he'll get on a fast break and impress you." And uh, <laughs> that's about it. Maybe we can make Sports Center, not even not, not uh, or just just TSN Sports no. Center, not even ESPN <laughs> Sports Center. Um, yeah, you know, well, I mean, come on, man. Sidney Crosby might have a little tap in. That might be number three on the uh, the, the SC top ten. But anyway, um, you know they have very very limited dunkers this year. I feel like um, maybe TD, but it's not really like when Terrence Davis has the ball in a fast break, he tries to pass the norm <laughs> and get, and get makes, me, 
get swept. He's gonna be the first one to commit a turnover. In a, he's gonna commit a foul. In a, in a <laughs> he's gonna commit a foul. Yeah, yeah. Times. Yeah, it's probably OG. Uh, probably a two, you know, in terms of what dunk he does, probably like a two-handed reverse jam, double pump, something like that. OG's got hops. He's absolutely. I like hops. that OG double pump. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He loves doing reverse dunks. He loves doing two-handed dunks. The other day, he even did a one-hand dunk in transition, which he rarely does. Kind of like a LeBron, you know, like extend out uh, mm. one-handed dunk. I mean, you know, he's probably OG, but he will definitely be the the fourth finish. Fourth Speaking finish. of, what's this about an NBA All Star game? The NBA um, is very greedy, as you, as as you. That's might know. like oh, wild, <laughs> and doing it in Atlanta, no less. Like it's I know. Like, Come on, guys. Okay, what do you? Okay, how do you feel about the fact that the NBA is spending it like, well, we're going to do this and then raise money and donate it to H, you know, HBCUs? Like, it's, is that is that? No, it'd be like if you came to my house, set it on fire, and said, "Don't worry, Josh, I've called nine one one for you." I'm like, that's not. You're not helping well, by making things worse. Just do it. Why like, can't you just do it? Yeah, you know, the NBA has plenty of money. If you want to donate, just yeah, donate. Yeah, it's true. Um, that's true. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, like, like, what what is that All Star game like, even going to look like? You can't even have attendance, and you know players are going to be having. Um, as as people understand, NBA All Star Weekend is a networking event, and there will be plenty of networking <laughs> for the players. And in Atlanta, no less. In Atlanta, and um, Lou Williams and Jack Harlow are going to bring the league to thunder. <laughs> And they can't do this. You cannot do this. You can't do it, man. How are you gonna how are you gonna bring every team together mm-hmm. for a weekend of you know fun sports and maybe a little debauchery and then send them back to each, their home cities and expect shit to be sweet? We can't do this. It is unacceptable. No, it, it it's <laughs> kind of a ridiculous idea just for from a COVID perspective. Um but I think the NBA is probably trying Unless, to sell some sponsorships. Yeah. I think this idea that they were like, oh, we're doing this for the public good. Like the NBA has to stop saying, we're going to do this for the public good. Oh, oh, before it was, we will not jump the line for vaccines. Now they're like, we're going to take the vaccines. So we're going to show people that it's safe to take the vaccine, yeah. which I'm like, yes, I appreciate that. But also that's not why you're jumping ahead for the vaccine, man. Just yeah. stop being, <laughs> stop being disingenuous. If you want to do something selfish, just do it. Just do it. People yeah, understand. If you want to board a plane and fly to the Yukon to get your own vaccine, the world will get to hate you. And that's just the way it is. Like that's just, it's you, fine, whatever man. you, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. We all know how uh, the world works, man. We'll still watch basketball. Even though if you got a vaccine, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Man. We're already like watching basketball in, like we're the product is so twisted right now mm-hmm. because you're watching these guys play bas like play basketball in the middle of a global pandemic where they're not supposed to hug but all they want to do is hug after games like it's ridiculous we're all complicit in the you know this decision so if you're gonna do you know nasty stuff like skip the line and get vaccines and tell the rest of the world that we're doing it to set an example. Just do it. We'll, just, that's what I'm saying. That's, just just do it. Don't tell yeah. me the other stuff. Just do it, okay? Follow it's going to be between me. It. Yeah. It's going like, to be between me and my maker for feeling bad about it. And that's just, that's all, that's all there is. Like, yeah. You just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not great. Uh, another question from Logan, which with COVID clearly affecting uh, most teams, do you think most teams would just end up being 500? 
I mean, no, the, the Lakers are good. The Lakers are oh, so yeah, yeah. good. No, of course, most teams, though. Most teams. <laughs> most teams. I mean, every year, most um, teams finish mostly above 500, man. I mean, that's that's how, you know, these, these games Most work. teams, yes. Yeah. But no, yeah. this year, it does seem like particularly, I mean, aside from the Lakers and maybe the Clippers. And, yeah. yeah. Who is like, you know, far and beyond everyone else? I don't really see it. No, they're the only good teams. And, like the Lakers are Brooklyn, I guess. One now that they have all their guys and they can play a few games. Not until they trade for Kevin Love. <laughs> what an insane option! Yeah. What is wrong with you? Like you do not need Kevin Love. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, how much is Joe Sy worth, man? I don't know. I guess, well, you know, vice chairman of Alabama, uh, thirteen billion. All right. I can probably ask Jack Ma for some extra money. Now that Jack Ma's home. <laughs> Jack anyway. Ma bike. <laughs> uh, I can't have this conversation. Uh, next question from Kate. <laughs> our favorite. Uh, OG and Fred Kate. have a new commercial <laughs> promoting Axe body spray. Skate rose slash skateboard scent. Have you ever smelled the skateboard? I, I don't know. But I can't imagine it's necessarily pleasant. Um, featuring a scarf made of roses. But was Fred the backup plan? Was this commercial intended for Surge and OG? So first off, Josh, have you seen this Axe commercial? Indeed, I have. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's not my favorite Raptors-themed commercial, mostly because what the hell does Rose and Skateboard smell like? Yep. And it's too confusing for me to, like, get past that. It's like, what is... Does it smell like grip tape? And roses really smell like, like as Andre 3000 taught us, smell like doo-doo. So, does it smell like doo-doo and grip tape? Like, that sounds bad. Is this Does this Axe body spray smell like adhesive on grip tape and poo? Because that's not a good smell. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, uh, we could talk about the merits of Axe as a product. Uh, what do you think of the acting? Since this is a Raptor show, what do you what do you think about the acting chops of Mr. Fred Van Vliet and Mr. OG Ananobi? Uh, um, you know... These guys getting Emmys or... I don't think men's are getting Emmys for, the, for this one, I'm afraid. Um, OG, OG is is like an okay pitch guy. He can do the OG thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. I think Fred's Fred, a little too cool to do these commercials. Yeah. Every time Fred does a commercial, I'm like, there's no energy in any of this. Yeah, I think like Fred, like Fred does the commercial. Like he gets told about the number, and then he looks at his Shopify store. He's like, "What am I doing this here for?" And he just kind of. Mm. He isn't. I, I I would love to see. No, I liked his and one stuff last year. I don't know. He was mostly just dribbling, though. That's and, true. Yeah, which, of course, like, that's the standard NBA player commercial. I think, you know, so it's interesting because before, I thought Fred was taking on these commercials because his deal was relatively small by NBA standards. So, yes, yeah. go ahead and eat some Osmos for money. Um, <laughs> Canadian Tire ASMR, go ahead and do it. Jeff Peanut Butter, go ahead. You know, everything, right? But now that he signed that contract, he's still doing these commercials, which just makes me believe that he just likes acting and doing commercials. Do you think, do you think he, this is just like a secret passion? Like, this is like Barry, 
You know, he's he's a professional basketball player. Uh, Barry, well, what a great reference on one side, but he's also secretly wanting to act. Because I think Fred's just doing it for the for the love of the game at this point. Yeah, I I think that if you had to like, I imagine you know, JQ walks into the locker room after a game and says, "Hey, fellas, um, we have this brand sponsorship from I don't know." I, whoever would sponsor something mm-hmm. I don't want to put in a name so that they don't sponsor this show and uh, everybody has to like raise their hand to do it and then I can imagine I can't really imagine many voices coming up before Fred to say yeah I'll do that he just I think he genuinely loves acting I think this is, this I, is my theory now because he signed an 85 million dollar commercial deal but he's he's now he's now selling uh, Axe Body Spray I think he also likes doing stuff like I maybe yeah yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Pascal likes doing stuff. Like, I think Pascal wants to, like, be left alone and uh, yeah, play basketball, so. hang he's out got, with his siblings. He's, he's got huge leave-me-alone energy this year. Yeah. I think, like, I think Fred will hang. Like, Fred will yeah, – yeah. he'll take something away from the experience of being on set in a productive way, and he'll think about it, and he'll apply it to his other ventures. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I really like his American Express uh, commercial all yeah, those yeah. years ago. yeah. yeah. I think the more serious the commercial, the better Fred is going to be because he has a serious personality. Yeah. Axe is all about yeah. being random and weird. So, yeah, go ahead and sign you know, OG for the deal. That makes sense. Fred was a weird choice, uh, personally, I thought. But honestly, there's just not that many marketable players on the Raptors at the moment. Like, who yeah. else would you actually advertise? Obviously, Yuta Watanabe can sell rice cookers now. But, like, aside from that, like, <laughs> what else? It, it, it actually goes back to like a, pro, a, a question that I ask all sorts of Raptors fans: is like, who from the core from this era will be will, do, will be doing color commentary for this team mm-hmm. in uh, fifteen years? And there's not an answer, which sucks. But it's not; it's just the. the I mean, truth. Fred, Fred could do it, but Fred will be more will be probably better as a as a coach. Or Fred's gonna coach. Fred's gonna coach. He should coach. Yeah, he should um, coach the Raptors right after Kyle coaches the Raptors. Just keep taking Kyle's job. Kyle's not going to coach the Raptors. I, I don't I, I really love Kyle see... coach the Raptors, but this man will pick up more texts than Rasheed Wallace. <laughs> this guy might coach only a third of the games because he got thrown out of the other <laughs> two thirds. Um, yeah, I think that there is not a Raptor currently with the team mm-hmm. or who is with the team on the championship team who will do color commentary, and that's a problem. It's not. It's not good. But it's, I think, the truth. Like, <laughs> yeah, could you imagine Norm doing color with, I don't know, Sean Woodley when he gets that job? Like, it just, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd be thrilled for Sean, but uh, uh, would I be thrilled to tune in? You know uh, what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm thinking of a guy. But also, like, I'm thinking of a guy you, you who needs so coach. much personality, and we are quite spoiled. I think, you know, I think people get on Leo, but even Leo's better than the average color commentator in the NBA. Yeah. I've watched a lot of other games, yeah. man. Trust me, he's better than the average, uh, even if it is just twine and wine and stuff. I mean, I think they are good jokes, good banter, you know, great line this week. Maybe the line of the week was, uh, that's a career high in smiles for OG. Like, that's that's actually pretty yeah. good. Jack, obviously, is, like, elite. Never. And I'll even, never forget. Even Devlin's great. Like, I mean, not even Devlin. I mean, even, like, Devlin and his role is also really, really great. Like, Raptor fans are really spoiled in terms of the options. So it's hard to to do that job. Which was the Raptors call guy who was saying Edelweiss from Sound of Music after a Raptors win in New York City? I want to say it was Devlin. Kind of, I was like, that's, that sounds like something Jack would do, to be honest. It, I, maybe it was Jack. I don't he does know, all I, the singing, which, uh, you know. Yeah, and maybe it was Jack. But that's like stuff like that's like truly like bonkers and iconic. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I just don't see like a, like a Raptors player fitting into the spirit that the teams broadcast have had. The only guy who could maybe do it, and it would just, you would really need a great um, play, like play by play guy, would be OG, because it would, it could just be really. Ooh, yes, the ad libs. Like, yeah. OG go, would have great ad libs, which is yeah. what you need from a color guy. Is, yeah. It's great ad libs, because, you know, uh, a good play by play guy like Delvin is going to fill in so many gaps. But OG, yeah, he, I would be, I would really love to watch OG break down t- like tape, because. Mm. I feel like when he's in a session, they point like Nick will point something and he's like, "Yeah, cool," and he say, "Yeah, cool," and then he'll do it, <laughs> but he'll not have any. He won't be animated at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, back to Kate's question though, because we, we actually <laughs> didn't answer Kate's question, even though we spent more time on this one than all the other ones. Um, was the original commercial intended for Surgeon OG? Because in the commercial, if you haven't seen it already, uh, yeah, o- OG sends is FaceTiming Fred, and Fred opens a box, and inside the box. There is a scarf made of roses, and then they talk about skateboards and roses. It doesn't work whatsoever <laughs> as a commercial. But um, yeah, do you think it was intended for Surge? And yes, I think absolutely the commercial is intended for Surge. Yeah. A, Surge had already. It has a scarf in it. it. Yeah, it has a scarf in it. Um, B, Surge was already with Axe, and they've been doing commercials together. Um, so has Fred, by the way. Fred has been in some Axe commercials. So has Kyle. So Axe has definitely had. Um, access to many players on the Raptors roster, but yeah, this seems like something that uh, um, was intended for Surge. And honestly, you know, this just reminds you once again like, not only is there a defensive drop off with the center position and a, an offensive drop off with the center position, there's also a personality drop off as well. And uh, this made me miss Surge watching this commercial, which, uh, yeah. Also, by the way, uh, the last time I used Axe was grade seven in probably. Gym class, you know, you know how in like in, in middle school when you're in like the boys' changing room, all of the guys are just spraying axe at each other nonstop. Yeah, and then after school, like trying to light the axe on fire with a lighter. Yeah. So maybe I'll smell like. Skateboards. I never, I never. Everybody smelled like skate. I never got axe. It's my, not good, my, but at the time, my parents were just wanted. like didn't believe in it. They're like, "What are all these white kids spraying themselves with?" And it was just, just it was a non on, man. Just, yeah move, move on with your day we have spe- we're, you have speed stick at home that's good yeah. enough yeah well yeah, I, I grew up with speed stick at home absolutely um i think the purpose of especially cheap deodorant is to be discreet yeah. you just roll it on and then yeah. you don't smell but i don't think yeah. the purpose is i want everyone to smell my cheap deodorant which is why i've always fundamentally been confused with x because if you wanted to put on yeah. deodorant or like if you wanted to put on cologne you you probably wouldn't want to smell like a skateboard, but again, <laughs> oh, and roses. So well, you're gonna you're gonna smell. I don't that's understand. Like a real, like, how does that even naturally occur? Like skateboards and roses what, at the same time. That's what like that's what like Bart Simpson smells like after he like ruins Flanders' garden. Yeah, that's, pretty much. That's that's, <laughs> that's what you're going for. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to smell like Bart Simpson. Yeah. Uh, all right. A few more questions, <laughs> and then we're gonna we're gonna get to our signature segment. Um, this one from KXNG. Hi, William. Uh, why do I go to university when I spend more time thinking about Matt Thomas's playing time than I do managerial accounting? I think, one, um, accounting is objectively way more boring than basketball. Nick Nurse famously studied to be an accountant and chose to coach instead in the UK. <laughs> He's like, no, screw that. I'd rather uh, rather see the world. Um, 
you know, Alex Wong, friend of the podcast, obviously, is uh, also a guy who did accounting and then switched to basketball. I think accounting is just a boring job, period. Asad is also an accountant, the, the, the slander expert on the show. <laughs> but, you know, I know he loves basketball way more than honestly anything else in life, but probably uh, definitely accounting. So accounting is just boring. And also when you're in university, like, you know, yes, you're studying to do something, but you're also trying to like distract yourself because you have way too much time. So yeah, Matt Thomas's minutes, man. That's uh, also a reasonable thing to think about. Well, you started in econ or no, biochem, then you went to economics. I studied. Yeah, exactly. I studied chemical biology and then I finished in economics. So uh, yeah. And I, clearly halfway through that, I was like, this also sucks. So maybe I'll write about So we started writing for the school paper. Yeah. Look at you. I know. Right? What It's been like, that's like what you got uh, seven years ago. Started writing. Uh, yeah. Damn. My boy. Look yeah. at you go. Thank you, man. Yeah, the other day I was like, TBJ was, uh, or uh, No Dunks was talking, was celebrating yeah. the 15th um, season, which uh, spans the Basketball Jones, uh, the Starters, and now No Dunks. And I was thinking like, man, I love the show. And I was like a devoted listener to pretty much all the scores podcasts. And then I was like, if I want to work somewhere, I want to work at the score and, and do podcasting. And then I actually did that, so. Salute to the, uh, to, to the you love to see it. You love to see it. All right, two more questions. Those are from Sahal, um, our guy. Exactly how, how will you react when Liverpool takes a fat L on Thursday to Ndombele and Co? Um, that's not happening. Okay. Uh, I understand Liverpool's in a bad stretch here, but uh, you know, they're still ahead of Spurs. And um, yeah, I just have to refer you to uh, the last game that uh, the two teams played. Um, I know. Jose was very upset and said the best team uh, lost tonight, but realistically, uh, you know, they just needed to defend a corner from Bobby Firmino, who's pretty much only scored like three goals all year, and one of those against the Spurs. So I'm going to enjoy it. And if they if they lose again, well, I, I don't know. Um, it's been pretty painful as a sporting fan in the last uh, month or so. But such is life. They, the, the two teams both won championships like within the last two years, which is uh, pretty great. And the last question, couldn't, couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, last question from Alex. If the dealer is showing six and you've got 12 in blackjack, are you staying or taking a card? Josh, first off, I'll, I'll flip that to you. Have, have, do you. Do you play blackjack and are you, you got 12 and dealer showing six? Um, yeah, probably, probably I would hit. Is this like a, a, a rookie mistake to do? I don't know. I don't play blackjack like that. <laughs> uh, the people's reply is never hit a hard 12 against 6, 5, 4, 3, only 12 against 2 or 7 to ace. Okay. Everyone else says take, what? double down. You got to hit that shit. So it really is like a 50-50 proposition. I don't know. I wouldn't, be playing, like, I wouldn't be okay. playing blackjack in the first place, honestly. Like I, I, if I would have bet, I'd probably play poker. Yeah, blackjack seems like you really have to know how to play blackjack to not just get taken for a ride. Yeah, I was gonna say. Seems like a game with like kind of a boring game. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, it's like well, I also think poker's a boring game because you like. No, come on. What people? But when people sit down to play poker, they're like, "We're gonna be here for like several hours because nobody's gonna do anything unless they have a great hand." I'm like, 
I just want to like like isn't the fun thing about gambling is getting your heart rate going? It's just well, then you should like blackjack of... then because you could you could cycle through many hands very quickly. Yeah, but you'll, like you'll be in all the hands. I, from everything I've learned, you need to play blackjack for like hours and hours and hours to not make any money, but to like mm. advance. It's just gambling is profoundly boring. Like sitting in front of a slot machine for hours and hours seems yeah. just like a grind. Yeah, back for um, your back. Just think that's the thing about blackjack that <laughs> I want everyone to take away. Like, think of your traps. Like your <laughs> your upper back is going to be really sore. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Huh? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't play blackjack, so unfortunately, Alex, I can't answer this. But if you want to restart the uh, the weekly poker game, um, please, uh, please do so because I could use some things to do during the winter time. Um, in terms of the last segment of the podcast that we have come to, uh, Malachi's missions, formerly known as Stanley's suggestions, Stanley is dominating at the NBA level. Um, so he no longer needs formerly formerly known as formerly formerly known as Rondé's recommendations and yes that's true and and Rondé cracked the rotation too so listen we're trying to put all our goodwill and good positive energy into Malachi's success for this year and beyond um Josh do you have a uh, Malachi mission for this week well first I wanted to ask what do you think of Lupin I heard you watched it yeah, I really enjoyed it. Binged it out um, for for date night, and uh, yeah, it was really good, really fun. Um, I, I mean, I like um, I like heist. It's just heist things, yeah. you know. And it, you know, it, it was it was enjoyable on that front. Um, Omar Sy was quite good as he always is. I did really enjoy when he dressed up like Uncle Drew for that TV interview. <laughs> <laughs> why did he do that it was clearly him and also by the way the computer generated image was too scary like it, it looked so much like him that i was like all right i'm not gonna commit crimes there's no way they're not gonna recognize my big head i'm just gonna be like all right find the biggest head you can on this like uh suspect uh sketch composite tool yeah just saying it's suspect enhanced. autocad and, and they're like just gonna be like the plus button yeah just the biggest head and um yeah so i, I wouldn't commit crimes personally but um no it was very fun very enjoyable and uh um so I hope Malachi also took it in. I'm sure you did. Um, so this week, I have two suggestions. One is the Tiger Woods documentary. I'm recommending it now because I still want to watch it. Tiger Woods, probably one of the most compelling sports figures of the last few decades. Um, broke ground in the sport. Um, obviously, huge scandal. Made so much money from Nike. Just really um, interesting figure. Looking forward to watching it. But the other suggestion I had is uh, on Sunday, we celebrated my mother's birthday. So I wanted to recommend to Malachi, uh, who, you know, seemed very close to his family from the shop of them on draft night, to uh, take my suggestion and follow after me and send your mom some flowers. Uh, it'll, you know, it's the middle of January, probably not the most, you know, joyful time of the year. Um, I don't know when your mother's birthday is, Malachi, but. Um, for you and for all of our listeners, take a moment, do something nice for your mom. I'm sure she'd appreciate it if you're uh, lucky enough to have her in your life. Um, happy birthday, Judy. Uh, when my when dad listens to this, I'm sure he'll call you over and say, uh, check this out. But those are my suggestions for the week. That's very sweet, man. That's very sweet. Um, Malachi, uh, I, my suggestion for this week is, again, you know, look, listen, self-care during winter is extremely important. Um 
I mean, you're not in Toronto, and today there was like 10 centimeters of snow. So uh, that's so brutal. Yeah, it's not great. Although, to be honest, it's been a very mild winter. Anyway, uh, winter self-care is very important. So, um, you know, going back on, I think, two, three weeks ago when the Raptors are losing, I suggested people to, to listen or, or Malachi to listen to uh, the Nocturnes by, by uh, Chopin, by Frederick Chopin. Today, I'm going to go along the same lines and recommend the uh, works of Joe Hisashi, um, who is probably better known for his work with the Studio Ghibli movies. Um, he made the scores for those. And honestly, they're, they're, they're really great. So, um, yeah, if you need to, uh, I don't know, cool, cool off or relax after a long day, I mean, listen to his music. It's, it's quite delightful. So... That uh, does it for this week. Josh, hopefully the Raptors can win. Um, hopefully it's a 3-0 week for the Raptors or 4-0 week. Um, it, you know, with Milwaukee coming up, probably going to be tough. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It'd be great if they can win some because this show is way better when, when we're both happy. So I, I kind of like it when things are going badly. It's yeah. just kind of fun. I think when things are going well, everyone's just like, um, I don't know. The, the one the one question the one uh, call I always go back to is early in the call show somebody called and said that Giannis is a fraud the Raptors proved that he's not that good mm-hmm. and then seeing um the Lakers kind of throttle the Bucks last Saturday whatever one they played mm-hmm. it's kind of like yeah uh, LeBron kind of took it to Giannis and that's got to be scary but uh, the Raptors aren't going to win tomorrow but maybe they will who knows. Yeah, my favorite. I, I I do like the stories that come out of the Bucks because you know there was a story this offseason of Giannis training to improve his free throw shooting, and so he'd be in the gym, and every time he missed a free throw, his uh, his wife would have to carry their newborn baby and run a, a, a lap around the gym, and then he proceeded to just have like some horrendous free throw shooting nights, including a game against Dallas where he shot one of ten from the free throw line. So hopefully. Um, that happens. They beat the, the Bucks if they, they beat the Mavericks if they if yeah. he hits his free throws. Well, no, no, they are they beat the Mavericks anyway. That's, that's no, they, they did beat them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but um, it's not close. Like I think it's a one. It was a one possession win, right? Yep. Yeah. The but, Mavericks uh, are bad. That's it's that sucks. Sorry. What do you, how getting, do you think we're going to guard Giannis? So we're probably OG. On no, him. we're not going to. Aaron Baines are the ring. yeah. OG will have. Have you seen the types of dunks that Giannis has tried to throw down at Aaron Baines? Just look it up on YouTube. That's my other, that's my other Malachi mission is look up Giannis, Aaron Baines. So, I hate it. Yeah. All right. Well, Josh, <laughs> that does for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Send in more questions next week. And uh, yeah, uh, stay good. Wash your hands. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.